Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom and the things they've learned along the way. Award-winning designer Nisha Garrett is the co-founder of London-based design house, House of Garrett. Nisha takes a multicultural approach to her art, craft and fashion designs by bringing together culture and tradition into contemporary designs, combining British tailoring, Italian craftsmanship and Indian artisanship. Much of Nisha's work is associated with charity and community projects, including a mission to change the world one scarf at a time for the big issue and volunteering designs for charities such as Oxfam. This, combined with her passion for heritage and sustainability, gives us a clear idea of her wholesome approach to her life and her work. This is a lady who several, several people have mentioned her name to me, and we've been hunting her down. And after a little bit of pushing and shoving, she's very, very kindly agreed to give us some of her very valuable time on the Sandro Forte podcast. I cannot say more to you, Nisha, than a very, very warm welcome, and I am humbled to be in your presence. Thank you, Sandro. Um, likewise, and you are inspiring too, so it makes the two of us. Very kind of you to say so. But today is all about Nisha Garrett, and uh, you're going to share your incredible journey with uh, lots and lots of listeners from all around the world. So let's start in the most obvious place, Nisha, if we can. Tell me about Nisha Garrett, the girl growing up, uh, a little bit about your background. Wonderful. Uh, um, I'd love to say um, I'm a Bombay girl because um, I I was born in Bombay. Um, I, uh, most of my growing years uh, was was about um, you know embodying the spirit of whatever Bombay stands for. You know, which is it's chaotic, it's it's colourful, it's cultural, um, the spirit of its people. Um, the optimism and and in spite of it being uh, you know as many say a very dusty and chaotic city but i think it's got a certain spirit to it so i feel like that's um you know that's been a part of me and continues to be um as i evolve um through life it's it's a really fabulous city i've been there and i would encourage anyone everything you've just said nisha is true it is chaotic, but in a really beautiful way. Um, and I've also, my favourite book that I've ever read is a book called Shantaram. Of course. Uh, and it tells an amazing story, a very a very factually accurate story of India. If you ever want to get a cultural sense of India, you should read the book. Um, but visiting Mumbai or Bombay, um, definitely I, I, I can only uh, reiterate everything you say about it is it is a beautiful place, colourful, cultural, chaotic, and all those other adjectives you've used. Is it is Bombay or Mumbai? Um, is that an inspiration behind your work? Because my question, I guess, is: are, are you a lady that was just born with a gift for design, or is it something that you've learnt to love and have therefore nurtured and developed over the years? Um, that that's a really interesting question because. Um, 
I like to believe that, you know, design is a skill that we can all develop. Um, and it's a lifelong endeavor, you know. So I, I in fact, um, as a young girl, I've, you know, I've, I was aware, I, I was not very confident of myself, in fact. Um, but there was, there was always uh, something that looked for beauty in the world. Um, so I was very arty, crafty, but, you know, I probably didn't realize that, you know, I, I, I never thought I was creative or never felt um, growing up in school, um, you know, I felt like I, I was not one of the most confident persons in the room. I didn't, um, you know, I didn't have the gift of the gab. You know, I was a quiet, shy girl who, um, in fact, um, recently uh, when we moved to London, um, someone from... Um, I, we moved We moved many schools uh, because, you know, my my parents moved to many different cities in India while I was growing up. Um, but mainly I stayed in Bombay. Um, and, and, but I, so that, that kind of, you know, uh, always kept us on our toes and I never made really long friendships in school. So school was a time when, you know, one thinks that, you know, one, um, could find one's talent. So I was arty, crafty, but I was not the most confident person. I, in fact, lived and believed uh, when I was younger that, uh, you know, I was ugly looking and, you know, I wasn't very beautiful. You know, I, I, I don't know why, but I grew up with, with a lot of self-sabotaging beliefs about myself. And in fact, everything that today I probably have achieved in life is because I, I am a designer. And I think designing is not just about, you know, the art, the art of design. I think being a designer is about, about creating, living, living a story, um, you know, bringing a dream to life. Um, and so for me, design, you know, has just been more than being a designer, you know, and it has actually, um, it's also about designing a beautiful life. And I think it, taught me as I went along that, you know, and it made me a more confident person. It, it made me realize what, who I am and what, what I can, you know, give to the world. Um, but, you know, when you're younger, you don't have such a worldview of things, you know. So, you know, I think initially um, design for me, well, when, when I had to decide um, to go to design school, um, and we, I wanted to study fashion and textiles, but I ended up studying visual arts because, um, you know, the you know fashion was always a very kind of um, you know was an industry that felt impenetrable. You know, I mean that's kind of the perception even today in a lot of countries, but especially in India. Um, and it was a different time in the world when we didn't have all this. So much information and interconnectivity, and we didn't we didn't really, um, you know, see all that we could, you know, like we can today, and connect with people from all over the world. Um, so, um, design design for me has been a way of evolving uh, through my journey of life. While it meant I created a business. Um, and now run House of Garrets, that's a design house. So, you know, 
so design has really been my life you know and it doesn't necessarily for me just mean mean that it's a skill uh, for business it's i think a skill for life and we all we all are in some way creators and hence designers that's what i believe so i don't think it's only unique to people who study design you know in that sense i i love the fact anisha that you very modestly made a cursory mention of the house of garrett uh, that we're not just talking about a design house we're talking about the largest design house in mumbai right or bombay um so you very modestly scooted over the top of that one um, now you know this is this is uh, a quiet, shy girl with with very little confidence, self-sabotaging. Uh, and, and by the way, let me just say in, in response because I've now had the pleasure of meeting you. Uh, that is a perception thing. You exude uh, beauty, if you don't mind me saying. And you know, I, I, I love some of those messages that you've been kind enough to share. So, how does the quiet, shy girl that goes to design school suddenly create or build over time? Um, one of the most reputable, successful design houses in her country. Thank you. So I call that my first life because, um, you know, when I was just about 20, which is when I uh, just come out of design school, um, again, not qualifying as one of the best design uh, students in class, um, and still very not very confident of oneself, you know, got out into the world of, you know, um, but for some reason, I knew now. Now one has to imagine all this going on, you know, about twenty odd years back in Mumbai when. Um, so I I start I ended up studying visual arts. So um, I was meant to, um, as a, like a good girl, find uh, find a job within the art department of a reputed advertising agencies and in those days we had O&M we had we had Ogilvy and Mesa we had Sachi and Sachi we had Percept so Bombay was the landscape of the largest advertising agencies um, you know in the world who had their head offices there so you know it was an industry that really existed um, as one would imagine, you know, at one point, London was the epicenter of advertising and industry. You know, this, uh, that was what Bombay was. And I keep referring to Mumbai as Bombay because, you know, I, I kind of rebel against, you know, establishment because, you know, I think it was Bombay and, you know, there's, there's a certain political reason why it was forced to change. But I was born in Bombay and now it's, well, for all financial reasons, it's Mumbai. Uh, but, you know, I, in my heart, I'm still a Bombay girl and, and I talk about it as Bombay. So this, this 20 year, this 20 year old um, knew what she didn't want, but, um, and didn't really know what she wants. So what she didn't want is wanting to join one of the advertising agencies, um, you know, in Bombay, uh, you know, and, um, you know, probably starting off as a cut and paste artist there, you know, and what she, she dreamt of um, a design studio. And she went to look out for a job at a design studio and there were hardly any in Bombay at that time. In fact, there were one, just about one or two, uh, one or two 
very small design companies in Bombay during those those days because what we had in Bombay was big advertising agencies and freelancers whom who found it really difficult to um, you know you know deliver on time because you know it's it it was this thing where you know they didn't they you know they were always seen as unreliable and could be you know then those kind of things so um, but. During that time, I ended up meeting someone who had just got back from Australia and was really passionate about, um, you know, starting starting a design company in Bombay and and offered me the opportunity to say that you know if I could I could um, partner up to be one of the um, you know co-founders of a design company and that actually began a 10-year long journey of um, starting a design company which was just um, two of us with a with an assistant to then grow into a team of 60 uh, with a with a 5,000 square foot studio uh, and a printing press uh, you know in in about 11 years time which is which was which was one of the most fascinating and this this was when you know, I became whom I am today. Well, we, we are always evolving, but I think it, it it was one of my most formative years as a young person because, um, you know, I, I was, you know, very much just out of... Design school, of course, gives you the skills, but, you know, this was when I got out into the world and I learned very much that, you know, I learn from doing. So learning by doing is what um, I enjoy the most rather than being in a classroom. Um, and my clients, you know, ended up being my greatest teachers, um, you know, if I may say so. And they are today my my best friends too. But over those 10 years, we, you know, so we, with, so my, my design company in Bombay was Paramount Vision, um, which was um, a design service company. And, we worked with some of the best global brands that um, came into India during that decade. Um, Smirnoff, Johnny Walker, uh, Time Out magazine, you know, to name a few, who, you know, eventually when I moved to London, you know, you know, I had, I, f- I found a way to, you know, kickstart my life in London uh, because I knew these people from that decade of my life. Um, and those, you know, those, and I, who knew in, you know, when I was doing all of that um, and running this design company, um, that all of this was preparing me to create my own brand, which is House of Carrots today. Um, so I always, I now, you know, I always, I believe that um, everything happens for a reason and life is prepare, always preparing you for something bigger than you. Um, only if you are open for that journey. That, if I don't, if you don't mind me saying, is a lovely thing to say because I, I remember my first trip to Bombay with very fond memories. So I don't mind for one for one bit that you uh, that you should retain the, uh, <laughs> the Bombay links. Um, let me let me ask you if I may, Nisha. Um, so I can I can understand the Indian influence in the work that you do. But where does British tailoring and Italian craftsmanship come from? I, I mean, obviously, I as a as someone that was born of Italian father or Italian uh, 
uh, ancestry with an English mother. Um, I'm particularly interested in, in this aspect of your work, but where did, where did they come from? Where did those inspirations come from? Sure, sure. I'll have to take a, a few steps back here to kind of explain, you know, House of Garrets and, and, and that's why how the Indian and, in, Indian and Italian influences kind of come together. So um, everything is fair in love and war. And I meet my husband, who, uh, whom, who's um, a cosmetic dentist, and he wanted to study further. And that is the reason that we, and, you know, we ended up moving to London. Now, London, you know, uh, has been my second home because my great-grandfather settled here. So it was always my second home. But, you know, I, I'd never imagined... Um, that I would leave Bombay and I'd never ever imagined that I was going to do anything but run my first design company because I don't think we never we we I think uh, we expect change to happen but you know we never expect it to happen in a certain way um, so um, eventually um, we decided to move to London because of uh, pre-term and uh, when I look when I look back, um, and we sold the company. I sold my I sold my uh, first company. I sold I sold the shares of my first company, and and then I was amidst um, you know this amazing creative multicultural um, vibe of London. You know, I find myself here. You know, uh, uh, and what what comes back to me is my love for fashion and textiles which I you know had in some sense I I got into a lot of commercial design work with Paramount Vision and you know and somehow my my love for fashion and textiles didn't really take off in that sense you know so but it was still something that I must have been honing all my life to be you know ready to do it when I when I uh, eventually decided I, sh- I should. So um, when I moved to London, I initially worked on a lot of brand consulting work. And this was the time when now, now I've lived in London for um, over 12 years. And when I go back to when we first moved to London, you know, India was a really hot topic. So everything I did within the design and communications world was all that I uh, is what I did for India. You know, I never did things. Uh, so I knew the Indian market. Uh, we worked for global brands, but localized them for India. So you know, there was all of this going on. So when I when when um, I moved to London, all I knew was India, um, and brand India was a real hot topic. Um, you know, going back then, uh, and it's even now I think. But you know, there was something going and uh, something about that time when lots of companies wanted to go into India, and that led me to doing a lot of brand consulting work um, with uh, brands who wanted to set up businesses in India. And they were actually they were mainly creative businesses who wanted to work with creative partners in India and deliver projects for India with their specialization. So that is what I did for a few years. Um, all of that brought me to you know brought me back to my love for fashion and textiles and and um, and led me to creating House of Carrots because what I really I, I think 
moving moving out of india made me dearer to india in in the ways that i looked at um the crafts of india um that otherwise always existed with me around me i loved them but i don't think i saw what i saw unless i had left india and and moved to london so um i was looking at all you know i was i was thinking about all these beautiful textile crafts that we have in india um and now and again you know we look at brands like louis vuitton or dolce gabbana you know uh, working with uh, indian artisans and creating capsule collections but it comes as as a trend and goes away um also what you see is that lots of brands whether they're french brands you know get their most beautiful embroideries done in india but of course india always remains a back office and never you know is never brought to the forefront of you know uh, of the brand's you know uh, image for example you know so no one talk will well it'll come as a trend or it can be a, a concept that a brand might choose to kind of work with for one season and then they move on to something else you know so and you know so um with house of carrots i i wanted to really in my own little way show the world the potential of indian craftsmanship craftsmanship through indian textiles because we've got such a rich uh, culture and heritage uh, when it comes to indian textiles that you know it even even with all the work that i'm doing i may need a new i may need a few lifetimes to go through everything if i wanted to work with every textile craft that exists in india um now i um i loved indian craftsmanship but in the same breath i've loved italian craftsmanship because you know growing up i've i've seen you know beautifully tailored italian jackets worn by my father you know and you know that he bought on his international travels and you know and 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 i was i was thinking to myself that if if india what are india's strengths versus you know what are the other strengths in the world that i can bring together to create a product or an experience that that brings the best of both the worlds mm. um and my uh, my journey with italy began in a very interesting way my work was chosen as as um so i well now i didn't well we all know about italian craftsmanship and i knew i knew that like everyone else but you know where do you begin um and that was when i was um um i was chosen as one of the 10 international designers to be trained in como on um to learn more about italian production and and uh, silk printing because at that time the italian government was beginning to realize that you know there are the big brands and they have the option to go to china so the so young designers are are really going to be very important to the economy for italy and and they are the ones who you know will want to work with smaller workshops and crafts people in italy so they had this thing going on and i ended up being select and i felt very humble about it that i was one of them invited to train and that really opened 
that was actually the first step for me to you know um enter into this world of italian craftsmanship because i was given access to three factories through that program i was given access to three factories um in italy who were that were family run businesses um you know but you know it's not anything like we imagine because one of the fa- one of the three family run businesses had factory as big as a football stadium you know and what they were doing is they were um produ- producing some of the most beautiful printed textiles for some of the best brands italian brands we know in the world you know so for so for me to have the opportunity to actually uh, be able to work with these people who are who were extremely passionate about what they do you know was something that just felt felt like you know if i you know yes i'm indian and i love indian textiles and craftsmanship but at the same time i would i'd love to bring all that together with italian craftsmanship so it's like bringing the best of both the worlds it's like bringing um india doesn't necessarily have all of those strengths so how about you know working to our strengths and creating something that brings creates a value for indian craftsmanship especially textile textile making in all its processes whether it's printing weaving and taking italian you know tailoring and italian textile making techniques and bringing that together so all of that led to you know what i created with house of carrots to begin with wow so i i as i was listening to you there nisha i heard a couple of things and i'm sorry for paraphrasing but one thing that you you touched on earlier um yes. during your uh, your sharing was you don't really see things until you leave them behind you know you spoke fondly of um, uh, of bombay uh, yes. you came to london you kind of looked back and reflected and saw some of the things you didn't see when you were involved and and living day to day and i guess that's an analogy for life and business isn't it that sometimes unless you take a step away and you you look from the outside in it's actually very difficult to see what you're doing and you know no greater example of the world in which we currently live yes. where we're now reflecting on some of the things we don't have anymore um and i also love the fact that you've been so heavily inspired by a dream and a passion and a desire i mean that that uh, that comes across loud and clear i want to ask you another question nisha which um is designed really to uh, ensure that we don't end up um with a disconnect between all that you've achieved and the people who listen to this podcast who are thinking well nisha's been very very successful and it's fantastic and she's got this dream and she just went and did it and all these amazing things happened but how can they all those things possibly happen to me um to put things into perspective have you had any challenges along the way you know a uh, a successful woman working in a, in a very competitive industry have there been times where it's not gone according to plan and you've had challenges and obstacles to overcome I surely have <laughs> um and while I was amidst it um uh, you know uh, it it has always felt very difficult but um now when I look back each of those have been teachers to towards you know where um, life wants to take you um and let's start with you know this really fun example that I you know 
you know, has stayed with me, you know, all for all these years. Um, a 20-something girl, you know, is in a boardroom with the directors of Diageo, um, you know, telling them that, so this is when I was running my, my design and communications company in Bombay. And, um, you know, one of, one of our clients were Diageo, and they you know, they were just setting up, they were just exploring the landscape of India um, as a market for them. And, you know, 10 years later, it's one of their biggest markets in the, you know, when you think about it, but those, and when, when we were working together, then they were just entering India. And we have to remember, this is when India opened to globalization, the Indian government was giving out licenses to international brands to come and set up business in India. So it was a really, I mean, the, I, you know, I found myself at the right time at the right place to be able to work with these global brands uh, because they had to enter this, this really complex Indian market. Now, when one thinks about India, one thinks of it not as a country, but almost like a continent, you know, with its opportunities, but also with its diversity and challenges. Every state, you know, is almost like a country in itself. In fact, within a state, there are many languages, there are different cultures, food habits, etc., etc. So, you know, it was a extremely, you know, and not that the 20 years something new, everything about India, but, you know, uh, I think I proudly like to say that, you know, we we spoke localization when the world wasn't really speaking about that, um, you know, because Diageo, of course, came to India. And I remember them sending us all their beautiful looking global brand guidelines. And we were looking at those brand brands. And guidelines thinking, God, this is just not going to work in India. And and I think, I don't think anyone thought that this, you know, this 20-year-old is, you know, um, could do anything. You know, they thought I was a designer who can design pretty things. But uh, over, over that decade, because, you know, they ended up, they... You know, until I sold my company, they were still one of one of our most important clients. And, you know, we grew together and we saw that, you know. So, yes, you know, I, I was judged because of my age. I was, you know, I was, you know, also looked at a designer who, you know, who can design, you know. But I, I've, I now like to say that I'm a design thinker because, you know, I don't think I could have, I, I could have said that to myself when I was twenty something because I didn't have that experience to work with. Um, so yes, I mean, I think there have been challenges because, you know, of certain circumstances that I've been, um, but. I think I worked really, I, I definitely work hard to prove people wrong um, um, and say that, yes, I don't have age on my side, but I can show you, I can work, I can work on these ideas and I can show you that they will work. And when I needed the trust, I, uh, you know, thought I was, I could do it all. But the person who decided to work with me and trust uh, this relationship must have seen a spark and, you know, gave me the opportunity to work on this, work on all that I wanted to work, you know, in terms of what I wanted to create for a particular brand. So 
also you know when we started the design studio um there was there was there was there were no concepts of design studio therefore i say you know paramount vision was you know being one of the co-founders of paramount vision uh, you know i now can say after all these years that we pioneered the concept of a an organized design studio industry because when we started there were none and they were not to the scale so people were like oh, what can a design studio offer you know they didn't even look at designers as design thinkers so definitely overall the industry um you know was really because clients thought oh you're you're a design company okay why don't you do this this is the creative that sachi and sachi has created why don't you adapt this into 26 indian languages because that's what we did you know when i when we went when you go back to we first started paramount vision what were our first projects well people didn't tell us to be design thinkers we had to create that niche for ourselves when we began we were told oh this is coming because advertising agencies were the creative hotbeds and that's where all the creativity lived and that's where it came from so why don't you take this creative idea so they were not even creating for the right medium they were creating for for big media campaigns and we were told to just adapt it for posters etc but over those 10 years i was able to you know work to opportunities where we said no an advertising campaign is an advertising campaign but you know but there are other mediums which need design thinking whether it's you know so we in those days we called it below the line advertising you know for example so um you know where there were other mediums which were equally important as cust- as customer interfaces and you know things like that so yes challenges challenges have always been there and um you know when i moved to london i have to i have to confess that you know i there was so much inspiration here but um one of the biggest challenges i've had to face is you know when i say especially when i now work within the space of fashion and textiles and um um i'm if i say i'm a designer the first question oh do you design indian wear you know like there's this immediate kind of wanting to put you in a box perception so i think i and i don't um i don't blame people for because you know that's how it's it's perceptions and you just you just assume that that's what this person must be doing you know like oh are you do you design indian wedding trousseaus you know like there's this thing that oh because you're indian um you know you or you because you're of indian origin you know you get boxed into something you know that uh, but you may not be that you know your vision might be might be much more global and you know collaborative yeah. um so yes initially i think i found that to be uh challenging but i think once they see house of garrets so they you know once we've met i think those perceptions are very easily broken but one has to i think so what i've learned through that is that i find myself in situations where i seem to be wanting to do what doesn't exist so there were no there was there were no organized design studios you know when i say organized there were you know there wasn't a company there were not a group of people who were sitting in an office and being a design studio you know there were freelancers or there were these big advertising agencies so to create and create design studios as an organized sector you know was where so i see 
seem to be in this place. I find myself uh, in, you know, in this place where something like this doesn't exist. And then one has to, you know, is, is playing, one is playing one's part in, in creating that perception within the industry. Can I, um, sorry, Nisha, can I, can I ask you, because in the, in the very short time we have left, there's three very important things I would like to ask you. One is, um, tell me about your work with the big issue and the prestigious project uh, that you work on, how that came about briefly, and then I'm going to ask you a couple of very important final questions. Sure. Um, So big issue, the big issue, uh, Shop. Uh, I was introduced to the uh, um, big issue because of all that I was doing with Houses Carrots, and what and and especially because um, the two pillars of um, House of Garrets is anything we do um, should be guided by giving back to people or to planet, um, and um, so. Keeping that in mind, you know, I was introduced to the big issue shop because uh, we the the products and designs we were creating uh, felt like it needed a retail landscape with a soul, not just fit into any retail landscape. Because uh, all that House of Cards was creating um, through our scarf collections or our ready-to-wear collections were were pieces of craftsmanship, which, you know, which was all about storytelling. It was about, um, you know, opening the minds of people who buy those designs and not just buying a product for the sake of a trend or, you know, or or just because, um, you know. So there there was this differentiation. And we were trying to reach an audience who could feel the soul of the product rather than just buying the product. And the big issue shop is one of those dream spaces that lets us do that because you know it it beautifully aligns with shopping with a social echo now you know what what i always wanted to do with house of garrets is not just um create a product that we sell and you know there needed to be a more circular approach to you know um giving back to the world and therefore the pillars of people and planet. Um, and when I looked at what the Big Issue Shop was doing with, um, you know, their online shopping experience of buying with a social echo, it just felt like the perfect partnership for us to work together um, and uh, sell our scarf collections with them. Um, but also, um, you know, they create, they create a, there's um, um, a project they do every year called the Art Wrapping Project, which supports the work of um, the big issue um, and, and its uh, place in the world that it does, that it supports um, homelessness uh, and, and people on the streets, you know, and I was coming to that point where, you know, I had made London home and, you know, it was the, you know, it, we, I was just past that decade that I'd lived in London and, you know, I felt like it just so beautifully you know, the, our, our values met, you know, I think I've always, and that's, you know, when I speak to, 
the people within the big issue um they they are always we are all, we are always talking about how our values meet and therefore our ideas come together so the art wrapping paper project was one of those fantastic projects where i was able to create an artwork that um that then um sold out to support the work of the big issue which is you know while they have the magazine which is of course one of the most amazing mediums but they also um you know still need support to be able to do the do the work and uh, you know um the work they do so how do we find out more about you because we've got li- lots of listeners who will be uh tapping away searching on the internet for the lovely Nisha Garrett and the House of Garrett's uh, website social media anything like that how do we how do we find you if we're looking for you Nisha wonderful i think the simplest way is to google house of garrett's and i think that is you know you'll have we we the website i think is truly um our you know is a place our website really speaks about you know our values everything we embody you know things we stand for work we are passionate about so the houseofgarrets.com um is definitely the place to go fabulous and final question then with all of your amazing experience and that incredible journey you've you've so uh, beautifully articulated today um if there was a younger version of Nisha Garrett and she was uh, sitting on her mum's knee and she was saying mum uh, give me a few words of wisdom to help me tackle the world as i go out on my journey in life given all that you know now what few words of wisdom could you give me that would set me on the right course for all that i want to achieve in my future life what what would those words of wisdom be nisha the first three important words i would tell myself is believe in yourself and and maybe you know to rephrase it believe even more in yourself you know especially when things are tough and things you know because that's really the beginning of you know if you because we all have ideas we all but where i think one of the things that holds us from reaching our potential is not believing in ourselves and i found that you know if i didn't i i wouldn't have got this far i think it's a long long way to go and i have many more dreams to live um but i wouldn't have even got here if you know i hadn't believed in myself and find your supporters would be the second advice i'd give myself so if it means find your mentors find your friends find you know your family whom you know who would stand for you you know and for me the word family means a lot more than just blood relationship it is your soul family whom you find along um so the people in your life really matter um i find them there'll be very few who'll who'll last through the times you'll have to go through but but those few would be you know the most important ones who'll stand by you um you know in the toughest days in your life when you know and we all have those you know and life takes us to dark places and there'll be there'll be that one person you may need to just pick up the phone and speak to who who remind you who you are well thank you for being uh part of our family the sandro forte podcast family today nisha um your journey is is amazing and uplifting and inspiring and on behalf of everyone listening i wish you everything you wish for yourself moving forward um you deserve all the accolades you certainly 
live up to all the expectations from the comments I've had from, from people before we were introduced. Um, all I can say once again is thank you so much for joining us today on the Sandro Forte podcast. There's a lot of people out there that will have taken an awful lot away from the chat that we've had. So thank you very much indeed. It's an absolute pleasure, Sandro. And thank you for having me as the Sandro Forte family. <laughs> the pleasure is all ours. So thank you for joining us on the Sandro Forte podcast today. Wasn't Nisha Garrett absolutely, well, I'll use the word beautiful because it's one that came out of our conversation several times today. And she is both inside and outside. Each week, we have a new guest joining us to share their own insights into achieving success or overcoming life challenges. Please make sure you subscribe. Follow us on social media, Sandro's podcast. Don't forget there's an S in the middle of that. Same on all channels. And if you want to email us, it's hello at sandrospodcast.com. And please leave those reviews on iTunes so we know what you'd like more of in the future. And remember, you'll be automatically entered into a draw to win one of the prizes donated by a guest of the Sandro Forte podcast. We may even get our hands on one of Nisha's scarves. I'll let you know about that next week. So until then, goodbye for now. <laughs>